We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right, let's jump in. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to start with uh, an exclusive, really. Uh, Elon had um, a company-wide meeting at Tesla this week on, on Wednesday night, and uh, apparently it was, went quite under the radar. Like No one actually got the, the meeting but us. We obtained a nice little recording of it. Uh, thanks to some sources that won't be disclosed, and uh, they uh, it gave us it, it, there wasn't no big news in the meeting. Uh, the way that the meeting was set up, uh, it was more of a, a recap of what Tesla achieved in the last few months to a year, and uh, and then he spent a lot of times uh, taking questions from from employees uh, regarding any type of aspects of the company. So. Um, some of the highlights. Well, he talked about uh, the uh, delivery uh, end of quarter delivery wave. So, if you remember last year, Elon said that they're gonna move away from those delivery wave, and that uh, they're gonna try to level it out so that there's no rush at the end of the quarter like there is now for a multitude of reasons. Um, but they, uh, they even even told the employees in Q4 2021 to don't focus so much on the delivery numbers, but focus on cost. And um, and then that's sort of transferred into this year, but he says that this is not going to be the case this quarter at all due to the factory shutdown in Shanghai, obviously. So uh, the uh, what he said is that, that this has been a challenge since late 2008. There always seems to be something that happens and causes the end of the quarter to be naughty, and this quarter will not be an exception. Mostly because we had this huge challenge with the COVID restriction in Shanghai. It basically shut down the factory for much of the early part of the quarter. It is only now getting back to full production. It will be pretty insane this quarter. So you can ex- expect a big delivery rush. Um, he, try, he tried to reassure the employees, though, making sure that like this, this is, again, an exception. Though The exception has basically been the rules for the last few years. Um, but next quarter, unless anything special happen again, it should be easier. And then after that, uh, as the Gigafactory Texas and Gigafactory Berlin rims up, well, especially Gigafactory Berlin, because um, Gigafactory Texas is more for the U.S. market, but it's still going to help for sure. But uh, Gigafactory Berlin, the ramp up, what it does is that it it starts to um, uh, uh, remove some of the capacity that Shanghai used to uh, send export cars to Europe. And that they can keep that for the Chinese market or other markets that are closer. So less transit time and more a level um, number of cars delivered throughout the quarter instead of just building a bunch of cars for Europe, putting them on a ship for, for a month that arrives at the end of the card quarter in Europe. And then uh, the rest of the quarter, you just produce cars for China and you have to all deliver them by the end of the quarter. It's unsustainable. Um, so... It, it all depends on the the production in public Gigafactory Berlin, which he didn't discuss during the the meeting. He didn't elaborate on how it's going in Berlin. He did talk a little bit about Gigafactory Texas and said that the bottleneck is still the forty six eighty cells and the structural battery pack production. Uh, didn't elaborate on what that means in terms of actual production volume, but he did reference the million battery cell. Uh, Thing that they, Tesla had accumulated a million battery cells for the 4680 prior to the start of production, and that but that just means a thousand cars, so, so it's not uh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, didn't we hear also that uh, Shanghai might be shutting down again uh, this weekend? Uh, no, I think uh, they, they are talking about another sh- another uh, wave of like lockdown in the city. But uh, I think Tesla, what, what was it going to happen in Shanghai? Is that Tesla was going to stop the closed loop system i think today or to, to uh, not tomorrow they were planning to stop it tomorrow but now if there's going to be another lockdown they're just not going to stop it and the right. employees are going to stay uh at the at the at the factory which is obviously a big sacrifice uh, I don't that's know crazy they're going to be like a a country unto themselves yeah ten thousand people that's the town yeah uh, he did elaborate during the uh, during the talk on the uh, master plan part three, so we knew it was about scale. That's what he revealed when he announced it uh, back in March. It's been it's been uh, more than three months since he announced it, and we haven't seen it. So I don't know. Maybe it's going to come closer to. Uh, He's got other things going on right now. 
closer to uh, to AI day or something like that. Uh, but he did he did elaborate on what he mean by scale. So he said, master plan part three is all about achieving very large scale in order to shift the entire energy infrastructure and transported infrastructure of the earth. There has to be a very high scale. We have to ask what is the actual tonnage if we work backward from, let's say, about 300 terawatts hour of install capacity in vehicles and stationary uh, battery packs. Then how do you achieve that tonnage from a mining and refining standpoint, but also do it in a sustainable way? I said, that's what uh, Master Plan Power 3 is about. How do you get enough scale to actually shift the entire energy infrastructure of art? Um, so it's something that we we basically understood from what Tesla has been doing in the last few months, which is securing that um, supply contract down to the mine, uh, which the automaker has done over the years before, but this we clearly have seen a ramp up over the last year and even the last few months, really. So we, we think that that's what the master plan is going to be about. The Tesla is going to lay out its plan to secure all the material down to the mine for achieving that 300 terawatt hour of capacity. Um, not clear over one period of time, but I mean, we know that Tesla is aiming for 20 million vehicle produced per year by the end of the decade. So yeah, that's, that's so, quite the goal. So like global scale, full uh, supply chain, they want to, you know, soup to nuts, have, you know, control over that and at a scale so big that you're talking about the whole globe. Uh, it's ambitious. <laughs> Let's just say it like that, because you have to bit. look at it like this is like the, the supply chains for electric vehicle exist, obviously, right now, but it exists with like less than one percent of the entire fleet of vehicle being transferred to electric. So it's just a small. It's still it's still a small. But what he wants to do right now, it's there's nothing to compare it to really, because you would think, okay, like let's compare the entire oil industry to that. It's not even that. The entire oil industry, yes, powers all most almost all the vehicles today uh, and also some of the energy infrastructure but not a big part of the energy infrastructure for the most part there's a lot of other things like there's coal of course and then a big part but there's solar that's been a big part in a lot of markets wind hydroelectricity geothermal and everything um so it's replacing it's it's replacing all the oil industry all the coal industry uh, uh, it's it's adding to other energy infrastructure with the battery packs because, of course, the, the stationary storage is useful uh, as it complements us renewable energy that are intermittent, like solar and wind. So, yeah, and there's like a lot of side industries as well, like you know, gas stations and and the guys who ship, you know. Yeah, yeah, you have to to look at the whole supply chain of those industries on top of replacing the industries themselves. So this is a the master plan uh, part three is, is going to be the, the plan that uh, the, the the big one. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the, the the scale one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we think so. That's going to be part of the plan. He has been hinting about Tesla getting directly into the mining business too. So maybe there's going to be some of that. He's been hinting about Tesla being willing to buy a mining company. So maybe there's going to be some of that. We don't know uh, exactly the details yet, but uh, these comments were uh, certainly uh, a little bit more revealing than we had before. You know, on the other side, um, as always, he's always uh, tweeting or whatever about, um, you know, how much land of solar you need to power like the U.S. or the world. I think there's one today where there was, a you know, what, what little sliver of Africa is needed to power the world. Do you think that Tesla is going to get into utility scale solar, like monster giga projects? Yeah, that's a good question because back when Solar City was Solar City without Tesla, they had a utility scale yeah. uh, market. Like they, it was a small one. They were very big on residential. They were decent and commercial, and they were very small when it comes to utility scale. Like there's a lot of bigger, bigger firms that focus on utility scale solar. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's always talking about it. Might it might be might make sense to uh, offer it to an electric utility? Like, we'll build you a giant solar farm. Uh, oh, one thing that I haven't reported yet on it, like uh, I'm I'm working on that because I, I I took a ton of notes. Like, it was an hour long meetings, and I, I took a lot of notes. But there was not a lot of things that like jumped to mind as like big newsworthy. But there's a lot of little things that you can build around a little bit. And he did mention the uh, PG&E Moss Landing project that they did. did Integrated, mm-hmm. and he said 
when he said that, he said that he just got a text from Patty, the, the CEO of uh, PG&E, and that, that they are super happy with the the way that the because he just turned it on like last month, I think, um, and and uh, they they want to do more with them. So it looked like PG&E might become because this is a, like one. I think when it's fully because now they develop they deployed seven hundred and thirty megawatt hours. I think they are going to ramp that project up to one point one gigawatt hour, and it's a huge one. And yeah, she, she has uh, Elon's numbers. Yeah, that's good. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's uh, that's a good news. Like PG&E is a massive electric utility, right. and it might make sense to convince them to also like, oh, let's do a solar farm project with a giant other giant battery like that. Uh, that that could help out. Um, also in Texas, I would assume that Tesla is working uh, in Texas on something like that. But I, also, what we've been hearing more recently, Texas is more like a VPP, a virtual power plant, so they're planning to do there. Uh, actually, they have a demo running right now, a demonstration of a VPP in Texas. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. Elon also said that it was their best month. It wasn't clear on that. Uh, I think last month was Tesla's best month for solar installations. Hmm. I wonder if that includes the Solar City days. Uh, I would doubt it. I would doubt it because Solar City has, I think, at like 200 megawatt. Quarter. Yeah, they were, they uh, had, cool. Yeah, that's a quarter, maybe not a month. So, yeah, well, we don't actually know. We don't. That's the problem. We don't have the data of a, just right. a month from Tesla. We have to like average it over three months because they only uh, release it quarterly. But, uh, but yeah, he did. He, we said solar in general. It didn't it didn't split panels and uh, and solar roof. And then when then when he mentioned solar roof, he uh, he looked he seemed down a little bit about it. So he said, oh, solar roof is a is a tough one. It's tough enough to crack and everything. Like he was. Uh, but but he says he, they're making progress and everything. I mean, do you remember when the uh, when they announced the solar roof? Yeah, that and was like it was such a big a deal, and then, yeah, and they were uh, they, they were so hyped about it, and then nothing happened for like three years. <laughs> I never got. I mean, for me, it wasn't a big deal just because I have you know solar panels on my roof, and mm-hmm. like it looks, it doesn't look any worse than it did before. Not that our roof looked amazing, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, just throw some panels on your roof. If you're building new, that makes sense, like, for sure, to put a solar roof on. But the solar panels are even more efficient. Like, you don't have to put mm-hmm. as many up or you get more energy out of the ones you have than the roof. I don't know. Doesn't, I mean, solar panels don't look ugly to me. I, I know people who think they're ugly, but I don't know why. Uh, but there's definitely some that are uglier than others. Like, now you can have sure. some sleek ones. That, yeah, uh, they're all black. Yeah, all black and the the, the fittings make it so that they, they don't look like they are over the roof. They look like they are flat on the roof. Right. That's a big deal too, I think, for sleekness. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would be in the market for a solar roof technically because I have to redo my roof this summer uh, and uh, on, on the house that I bought last year and I've been renovating. And um, I want to have solar on it. So like, you, so I have two options. I, I build a new roof. I replace the roof and put solar on top of that. Because I'm not, I didn't put solar yet. I have my power walls installed, everything, but I didn't put solar because I knew I was gonna have to replace my roof, hmm. uh, or I could just do solar roof while I'm at it. But I mean, there's no options right now in Canada. We've been hearing last year about them like starting to do some test installation in Canada, but there's nothing I've come out of it since. All right. The other big thing is he elaborated on the on the plan to improve uh, service in North America, but during the meeting he actually said uh, that it's gonna go global. So earlier in the week, or actually in the last weekend, Elon said that uh, he's been working on Tesla service in North America with the goal to uh, reach two-thirds of repairs being the same-day repairs. And um, that's an ambitious goal, of course. And if you are a Tesla owner, you're familiar that sometimes you have to wait weeks and uh, uh, to, to get some service. So, uh, But when he announced that earlier this week, he didn't elaborate at all on how he's going to achieve that. Uh, at least he didn't use his, his usual line that, oh, the best service is no service and we make our car so reliable that we never need service. And like, yeah, that's a great idea, Elon. But the reality is that, uh, especially at the scale that Tesla is right now, like you just, yeah, yeah, there, there's going to be something that happens. There's just no, no way. Like there's two, two million cars on the road. Yeah. Um, so he elaborated on how he, he, he plans to achieve that. So I think we, we uh, still have a relatively conventional approach to servicing, although we kind of use the vehicle app. So we definitely have a better service than the rest of the industry. Uh, 
yeah, it can be questionable. But I really want Tesla to look at how we can uh, revolutionize service and I don't know, make it 10 times better than the rest of the industry. Like, you actually use 10, 10 times better. I didn't say order the magnitude better. I mean, it's definitely a, a place ripe for disruption. I remember, do you remember when they hired like the F1 guy to like, mm-hmm. you know, like the idea was like you pull the car in and like the tires are swapped and like really quick. Um, yeah, like a pit stop. Pit stop, right. Uh, hasn't really happened. You know, I do think the mobile uh, service is like revolutionary. Yeah, the mobile service is very good. Uh, you don't might not be growing as fast as, as it should maybe. Like I can always look at the fleet uh, of mobile service every quarter, and it's not growing. It's not growing nearly as fast as the customer fleet is right. growing. That's the that's the thing. Um, but so it, it, look, it, it seems like they're still taking some approaches that was discussed back then when uh, I forget the guy's name, Hammer or something. Hammer. Yeah. Uh, when you hire him, um, but they want to do instead of a pit stop, they want to do like a specialization stations. Like there's going to be a bunch of different service bay within the service center and the service center is going to be bigger too. So he wants bigger service center and he wants to have bays that specialize in, in, in things in there. He said, we definitely want to increase the number of people who actually repair cars. When looking at the total headcount at the service center, the ratio of people fixing cars to everyone else doesn't make a ton of sense. I think there should be a higher percentage of people fixing cars. And then he said, kind of like we have in the factory, we are going to have, say, one service bay for 12-volt battery changes, another bay for fixing the computer, another one is drivetrain replacement, and like more specialized like the factory. He said. So this is uh, at least an idea. I don't know how it's going to work, but uh, they, are wor- they are clearly working on uh, improving service. And yeah, earlier this week, he said North America. And then during that meeting, he said, yeah, but that's the model is going to start in North America and then going to go globally. But yeah, you can expect some bigger service center, which I think we've already been seeing. Like Tesla, in the last few buildings that I saw Tesla secures for stores and, and, and service centers, or, or Tesla centers, all, all they call them now, uh, they, um, they've been some pretty big locations. All right, let's move on from the meaning. I might have a few other things to discuss in the meaning later on. Like I have to go through my notes again. Maybe I can find. Can you send me that story. audio file? Let me. Let me. Yeah. Well, I can send it to you, but it's it's it's, it's pretty beat up. But I'll, I can I can maybe put it together. Um, Tesla Cybertruck with updated interior and windshield wipers goes on a nice little outing. Uh, speaking of, that was actually in Moss Landing. So the. They actually did the commissioning last month, I think, but uh, they did like an official like ceremony uh, at the at the battery uh, system this week, and uh, the Cybertruck showed up. We uh, we saw that uh, it got it's a little bit modified, not too modified, but uh, first thing that jumped to mind is the windshield wiper. Uh, yeah, the giant windshield wiper in the previous version that we saw. This one is a lot smaller, though. Uh, so it seems to be the same, just not without the top part on. I don't do you know think what's... it's like telescoping? How do you think it works? Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking. Maybe because uh, like this thing doesn't look like it can. It looks like it can like cover like the driver's part of the of the screen, but not much more than that. Uh, but it is a giant screen, and we actually get a good view from it because we have some pictures uh, thanks to KSBW, a local news uh, channel. They obtained some pictures of the interior of the vehicle and. Uh, you get a good idea of the scale of the of the screen, like it, it especially with the, the little like uh, a camera enclosure right there. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the of the Model X, really, like the the screen that goes all over the top. Very similar to that, but you can see that the interior is a little bit updated. It's not the same that we saw before. Uh, doesn't look complete though. Like this, the the stand for the the dashboard like looks uh, kind of uh, out of place. Like it doesn't yeah. look like it. Doesn't, doesn't look like it beyond it, uh, it belongs in the production car, as far as I can tell. Uh, as a what they call it, uh, yoke, yoke <laughs> steering wheel. Uh, well, obviously, like it's missing an airbag in the middle, it's a bit beat up. Those window, well, I don't know if you can call them a window, but uh, those pieces of glass in between the windshield and the fenders, uh, I think that's new, and I thought that wasn't there before. And also, obviously, that's the you have the big uh, the rear view mirror is not. Not a good thing for those. It just doesn't look great. I mean, I don't know what you do. Like, I don't the know. side mirrors, you mean? Yeah, the side mirrors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are big truck side mirrors. For, for sure. me, like I know, like 
it took me a while to get it okay with the Cybertruck, and then I I loved it. And now every single iteration that comes out, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just doesn't doesn't have that same like you know air of like coolness anymore when like the tires look like just normal tires. The uh, tires look cool. Oh, oh yeah, they, they don't have the big ones anymore. They don't have those weird caps on them that were like, like transformer like, or whatever. You cannot replay that for some reason. No, personally, I'm still excited for it. Uh, yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, the side mirrors, though, I, I really wish that uh, NHTSA, or I think it's NHTSA that's responsible for that. Uh, I get they had like a plan to get rid of those. It was being evaluated recently. Not actually recently. I, that might have been like 2020, where they evaluated the option of using cameras and accepting the use of cameras like they do in Europe. In Europe, it's it's accepted already. Uh, I think I think we 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 need to move forward on that, especially if the rest of the world is already moving forward. Like right. that's like it makes no sense, and uh, and not just for electric cars. Like this this is good fuel efficiency for any any vehicle to do that, as long as you get it right. Um, I remember the only the only time I tried the system like that is in the e-tron. I tried it in the, uh, Abu Dhabi, and um, took me maybe like a few hours, and I got used to it really. Yeah, we had in the Kia EV6. It had it both. It had both the physical mirrors and it had the rear view system, so that we could see what the Europeans were going to get, and it seemed pretty good. Like, I mean, with with all the cameras you have on a car nowadays, as long as you know where that system is, you're in great shape. I'm, you know, nowadays with uh, Tesla, if you turn on the turn signals, um, you get a look at the kind of the rear facing camera from the side of whatever side you're, you're, you hit the signal. And that's like, all of a sudden I'm starting to look at that because, you know, I want to see where the curb is and all kinds of other stuff. So like, once you start getting into that mindset of a car, I mean, for us, it's hard because we review a lot of cars and all different, but once you get into that mindset with a car, it's going to be a benefit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I cut myself a few times too. Now that I did, since they had that update on the Tesla, not to actually check my, my, uh, blind spot physically yeah. like that instead of uh, just looking at the cameras. But yeah, you should still do it probably. But maybe I was thinking with the Kia EV6, so are you sure when they told you that, they told you like it's it's just there because like it's a European car and we added, uh, we added the mirrors on it? Or because I'm thinking that if, if I have a car that, that like that and, and I'm, um, I have it from a European market, and also shipping the car to the U.S., I'm not gonna like redo the whole system right. of my my camera just for that. Uh, I'll just have the mirrors and then and, and then ship it like that, and then the system can still work like that. Uh, I, I remember Elon even mentioning that they could potentially just ship it with a system like that, and then you just with the mirrors, and then you just take the mirrors off yourself. I don't know how legal that is, but uh, I'm not sure that they can arrest you for that, like they, or I'm not arrest you, but like fine you whatever. Yeah, uh, for, for doing that, because even if you have mirrors, like there's a plenty of people that don't that don't use them. So, right. So, are you can you get a ticket for for, for not using your mirrors? <laughs> the Tesla Model Y with 4680 cells built in Texas are starting to be delivered at some customers. So, I've been following that. It was on Villa de Cyber Rodeo in April. Uh, delivery started there, but only for employees. Then a few weeks ago, they opened up orders for. Didn't open up orders, but they, they uh, offered some people that had a Model Y on order in Texas if they wanted to switch to this version of the Model Y. And uh, some of them Does it come with the horns. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I always use that picture. How do you say like, oh, this is a Texas spilled Model Y? Like, how do you make the difference if you don't look under the hood or? Uh, so these horns. Make it, yeah, makes it pretty clear. So yeah, we don't, we didn't know much about the car uh, because Tesla hasn't put it on the website anyway, and all we all we knew is the price started sixty thousand dollars, a range two seventy nine miles, uh, zero to sixty in five seconds, and then there's a few new features that are not in the uh, regular Model Y, like a magnetic center console armrest and a porcel shelf. So. Now that it's been delivered, some owners are, are, are starting to test it and get we get a better idea of the real-world performance of the car. And uh, this gentleman from Spoken Reviews on YouTube got his car and uh, put it on a test. And um, 
he gave us an idea of actually the energy capacity of the vehicle by uh, when charging it, the vehicle charge uh, accepted 59 kilowatt hours from 9% state of charge to 97% state of charge. So if you extrapolate that, that would give you around 67 kilowatt hour of usable battery capacity um, compared to the, um, the, the the long range Model Y built in Fremont that's closer to 80 megawatt hour. Uh, megawatt hour. That would be crazy. Kilowatt hour. Um, so we get an idea of that. Now, as for the charging capacity, so again, he started at 9% and he, he gave us a nice little idea of like all the, as you go up, so 20% in three minutes, 50% in 12 minutes, uh, and then 80% in 34 minutes. So that that's generally the one that you, uh, you want here, like the 9 or 10% to 80%. That's, I think, the most representative of your uh, a general fast charging session that you're going to want to have. So 35 minutes is really good. Uh, there's no... Uh, it's good. Uh, however, I saw a lot of people, a lot of Tesla fans in the comments of that YouTube video were very disappointed by the charging speed. Like they thought like it's going to be a lot better than that with the 4680 cells and everything. Um, the charging is technically better if you look at the stats because even though it peaked at 227 kilowatt and you can get 250 on the regular Model Y with 20, uh, 170 cells, that's with a Model Y twenty one cells with eighty kilowatt hour battery capacity, um, not not sixty seven. So if you actually look at the peak C rating of each, the uh, one with the forty six eighty is both higher at peak and also on average. Uh, so this this it, it, it is a better battery to charge. There's no way around it. And uh, in the electric take, I also discussed the potential for uh, software update that improves that because. If you've been following when Tesla first released the Model 3 Model Y with 2170 cells, uh, the, the charge rate was locked way below uh, 250 for a long time. I think there's been two or even three different software updates that uh, improve peak charging capacity with in turn. Like, I think there's too much of a focus on peak charging capacity. Like, uh, um, I think Audi back in the day with the, when they first launched each one of some good example of that of like all oh, the peak charging is not that important as long as you can maintain charging high charging rate for a longer period of time so this is more something to look at for but this is a brand new cell uh, I mean literally Tesla only had a million of them uh, which again a million of them sounds like a lot but it's not a lot it's a thousand car uh, back in February so this is a very new cell that Tesla is most likely being cautious with right now and I think over time my uh unlock more capacity through software and let let it charge at a higher rate uh, and a higher rate for a longer period of time too. That would be nice because uh, it, it did temper off uh, relatively quickly in that test, I mean. All right, we have a few more news items to discuss and then we're going to get into the comment section right now. I see already a few comments there, but if you guys have a question, just put them question in all cap and then write your comment, your question and we're going to uh, get to it later on the show, or if you have a specific topic you want us to discuss. Also, if you do enjoy the show, please give us a thumbs up right now. It's free to do. It takes a second, and it helps a lot with the algorithm, and uh, we're trying to please the algorithm. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh yeah, That was a surprise for some. Um, Tesla has filed for the use of a new radar in, the, in its vehicles with the FCC. And uh, it got a lot of people confused because Tesla Vision and uh, Elon's comments lately that uh, Tesla is uh, bending everything on the cameras and neural nets and is actually removing uh, radar from uh, f- from the, the, the vehicles to uh, focus just on computer vision. He, uh, he told us last year uh, on Twitter that the probability of safety would be higher with pure vision than vision and radar, not lower. Vision has become so good that radar actually reduces a signal noise. Um, he said, but at the time, he also did, I don't know, I don't remember. I tried to find if he said that publicly, but he did. He did told us uh, on DMs on Twitter that a very high resolution radar will be better than pure vision, but such a radar does not exist. I mean, vision with iRes radar would be better than pure vision, and when he said that. I sent him the RB radar that claims to be a 4D, a high-resolution imagery radar. Uh, 
And I, I, I sent him to that as like, hey, this looks actually promising. And he didn't respond to that because he did say that there's no ra- such radar does not exist. And then if you remember back then, Green uh, and famous Tesla hacker uh, reported that Tesla was testing in the software. You could see Tesla was testing a new radar and the code name matched the radar that Arby was producing. Hmm. So we thought, oh, it looks like Tesla is working on, on bringing a new radar to market or to, to their vehicle. And now, a few, uh, not a few months later, literally, literally a year later, I think, uh, Tesla has filed with the ACC for use of a new radar. Now, the, the, we have to be careful because there's not a lot of details on that radar. And I thought it could have been a, a cabin-facing radar, for example. It could have been everything. But Green did note that the frequencies that the radar is using is similar to the one that Tesla is using for the front-facing radar of the vehicle that's, that have one. But that they don't use it now that Tesla has moved to uh, Tesla Vision. So this would point to another front-facing radar for the use in the Topaz of self-driving. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a tough pill to swallow for some of the the folks, the Tesla folks who've been so adamant about radar not being necessary. Yeah, I mean, it it, it does raise some questions because that's been an issue. Like, what's gonna be the actual hardware suite that uh, enables full self driving? Right. And Elon has made it clear it's going to be only cameras that's going to be needed. But now there's even been questioning about the cameras themselves. If the cameras are good enough in Tesla's, I think the current Tesla vehicles are equipped with uh, 1.2 megapixel cameras, which Elon said would be enough. But now we just heard this week that Tesla's made a deal with Samsung to buy five megapixel cameras. And like it's a giant billion dollar deal uh, to, to supply those. So obviously, I'm not saying that oh, Tesla should not improve the hardware over time. Like it, it makes sense to always improve the hardware, but the problem with improving the hardware now, within the context of Tesla still having a lot of issues reaching full self driving, it's naturally brings up a lot of questions to people that are like, "All right, uh, I, does my car, on which I bought a six to twelve thousand dollar package to have the full self driving in it?" Is it really going to be able to achieve for self-driving? It is a legitimate question that people ask. Yeah. All right. Uh, BYD, speaking of supplying Tesla, uh, sounds like they're going to start supplying Tesla with battery cells. So that was that was a rumor a few months ago. But now it's coming directly from a BYD executive, uh, Mr. Leon Yubo. Executive Vice President and President of BYD's Automotive Engineering Research Institute. So funny enough, during, a, during an interview, he was, he was asked about Elon and Tesla and about Elon laughing at, Tesla, at BYD cars. Of course, that was back in the days in like, I don't, I don't remember when, like 2013 or something, if I remember correctly. Um, and BYD cars have, <laughs> have become better over, over, over the last 10 years. And uh, but he was asked about that, and then his response was surprising. He says Tesla is a very successful company, no matter what. BYD respects Tesla, and we admire Tesla. We are good friends with Elon Musk, and we will soon supply him with batteries. We are friends. Hmm. Uh, so within within the context of the rumor a few months ago that uh, Tesla was gonna uh, was testing, actually the rumor was Tesla was already testing BYD's new Blade batteries. So his new Blade batteries is these 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 battery cells here. They're super long, hence the name Blade Batteries. Here you can see them better. So these are the Blade Batteries. And um, they are LFP chemistries, but they believe with the, the, the form factor is really the, the, the big deal here. And, uh, and the form factor actually enables something like uh, a, a battery pack. So a, a structural battery pack like Tesla has been doing with the 4680 cells. Of course, completely different format, but still the same goal. Uh, so you see they went directly from cell to a cell array to a cell battery pack. Uh, to a battery pack, actually, not a cell battery pack. So, uh, I mean, looks like serious at this point. I wouldn't call it a rumor if, like, a high-up executive confirms it. But uh, let's wait and see where these batteries I, end up. I get the feeling that Tesla is trying to get batteries from every single maker on the planet yeah. right now. Like, there's just no... There's no way that they can get enough batteries to satiate the demand for their cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like 
if they don't buy it, someone else is going to buy it and build right. cars with it. So Tesla has more ambitious than anyone in terms of like the ramp up of EV production. So they're like, we're going to use everything we can get. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on from Tesla, uh, the White House announced uh, a new plan for the uh, to develop new standards for the national national network of 500,000 electric car chargers. So this is related to the infrastructure bill that they passed last year that included $7.5 billion for EV infrastructure. So over the last year, they've been talking about how they're going to distribute that batteries. Is it me? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely me. Sorry, sorry, guys. There's a truck outside my windows. My windows are closed. It's just it's, it's how loud it sounds. It's probably just outside. Uh, I apologize again. All right. So uh, the, they've been like discussing with uh, players in the industries, uh, stakeholders and whatnot, how do we distribute that money more the most efficiently possible? And uh, so $5 billion is going to go to the states uh, and individually each, each person, each company, each entities that want to deploy a charging station is going to be able to apply to that state to get some of that federal funding. But they want to have some minimum standards for those battery stations. So that's what they announced that they are calling for uh, a proposed rulemaking right now. And there was uh, a proposal that came out that, that showed like they were going for 150 kilowatts and up. Uh, I think eight, eight charge, eight stalls per per station. Um, what's the? I forgot the name. What's the? To, to, when you pay and you you just uh, you just plug, have and to plug, in, plug in charge. Yeah. So uh, plug in charge involved too. All things that make sense, obviously. Um, I mean, I would agree with that. 150, uh, it's it's kind of low nowadays. But right. uh, I think there is a market for 150 kilowatt stations. But I would I would like maybe if you, they split up the money, like there's some money available for 150 stations, but some money that also can only be you can only get that money if you're going to deploy a 350 station. Right. I think that would be good because um, or make it upgradable. Like yes, good point. Yeah. Um. So here's here's my take on that, and and I've gotten a little bit of experience with uh, Evolve New York. Uh, it's a state. Um charger agency i have to say like i'm not a uh republican necessarily but i don't know if government doing ev chargers is is the right way to go evolve new york has been a little bit of a mess um you know every time i go to a evolve new york station it doesn't work um worse than you know the others uh i think when mkbhd did his like uh, trip around. He tried a couple mm-hmm. stations. They didn't work. They 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 do sometimes work. I've seen people charging there. It's just like you got to do like six six different things in a weird order, mm-hmm. and and do a Fonzie hit on the on the uh, machine to get it to work. And it's just like and then they ended up using like Greenlots system, Greenlots uh, for the credit card verification, and then they used like uh, Electrify America's you know, something. So they ended up just piecemealing stuff that already exists. So, you know, my, my takeaway is like, just, you know, get electrify America in there, set minimum guidelines, mm-hmm. you know, ha- have a real bidding war with, you know, charge point and all the other, um, EV go, whatever. Um, but like government running stuff is good for a lot of stuff. Healthcare, maybe, I don't know, but, for this doesn't seem like a, a good way to go. And on top of that, you know, there are companies that theoretically want to make money doing this and, you know, who you're not going to go to a, you know, if, if a government station is inexpensive or whatever, geez, I'm sounding like a Republican, <laughs> but uh, it just like, it, it scares me to have like the U S government being in charge of this. Cause you know, it's going to take like 10 years, you know, it's going to be, you know, lackluster and, mm-hmm. and behind and there's going to be like under the table payments and all kinds of other stuff. Cause everybody's corrupt. So yeah, but to, to be fair though, I, I think like the way they talk, like they keep talking about this nation, national network of 500,000 stations and that, that. I don't know how, like, cause I see a lot of like, like GM claiming like we have a network of like, no, 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 many station, everything, even though they don't have any station, but they count like every station that they, their cars can use to their partnership with Electrify America and EVgo and all that. So I, I think this might be more of a, a, one of those cases where 
that this money is going to be used to deploy 500,000 electric car station, but EVgo might be able to apply to it and, and right. build that on their network. Tesla is going to be able to apply to it and deploy that whenever and so on. Uh, there might be, uh, might be like New York Evolve might also be able to apply and 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 do it, and th- that might be the part of the problem for sure. But I think it's going to be uh, uh, more like well distributed than that. Uh, just a really quick, a, a quick breaking news: uh, Tesla just uh, filed their um, uh, stock shareholder meeting um, inf- information, and they uh, they are asking for a three to one stock split. Yeah, it's what four billion shares. Yeah, they they're gonna they're asking to increase the share to four billion so that they can uh, they can do a four a three to one a three four one uh, stock split. So if you have one shares of Tesla, if this goes through, you're gonna have three shares of Tesla. How's the uh, stock liking that? Uh, it went up a little bit, but not too much. Yeah, up seven dollars. Yeah. The the impact of a stock split, I mean, you do feel it on the announcement a little bit, but you feel it more after the actual stock split goes through. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the idea behind it, really. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna get a little bit through more into the into that after the show. I'm gonna have to dive into the document that they just released. Uh, all right, the uh, Polestar Three. They released a new, uh, the first official images. It looks sleek. Like yeah, it, it looks nice. Looks a lot like the is it the C40 XC40. Reminds uh, me. Of. Yeah, it looks a little little longer. It looks like yeah. a XC60 probably size. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Design wise, I mean, but yeah. That's the only picture of the release, really? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Video. Or the video was just nature. Oh, it's just a teaser like that. All right. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Porsche Road 2 will feature a dual drive terrain at launch with WLTP targeted range of over 372 miles, 600 kilometers. All-Star 3 will have eventually offer autonomous uh, highway plotting utilizing LADAR sensors from Luminar and centralized computing from uh, NVIDIA. So highway, cool. autonomous highway plot. So level 3, I assume that's, uh, that's what they are hinting at. Consumer can expect to order their Pulse Trilogy beginning the day of the world debut, which is October 2022. Uh, production is scheduled for early 2023 in the U.S. and China. Early 2023. Did they say where their debut is going to be? Let's say New no. York or LA or I don't know. But they invite me to Sweden. I don't go to Sweden. I've never been. Yeah, it's nice, <laughs> Stockholm. Um. All right. Uh, that, that was a just a quick one, just to uh, to laugh a little bit. Ford, uh, a lot of uh, Ford F one fifty Lightning owners are taking delivery right now, and they look at the the packages for the. The Ford uh, connector and uh, the mobile power cord that comes with it, and all the adapters, and they are apparently they are supplying a J seventeen seventy two to Tesla adapter within the mobile cord adapter. So why would they do that? It makes no sense. It's, you, know, you would think it's unusable. <laughs> There's no like the, the, what what you would use a J seventeen seventy two to Tesla adapter is if you have like a level two charging station at home, like a, a regular one, like from from charge point or flow or whatever, you, you you can use that adapter into that station and, and put it. I use it all the time because when I go to my parents, for example, they have a flow station outside their home and I, I park there with my Tesla and I, I always have my adapter. It's the very same adapter that, that this one that Ford provides. You plug it into that and then you can you can charge on the level two with, with your Tesla without using an actual Tesla charger or Tesla wall connector. I wish they had the button on there. You know, like yeah, yeah, some, yeah. So they, sometimes, if you pull without holding the adapter, you, you ended up you end up just pulling the connector, and the adapter stays in the charge port. But you can just pull it out after. But um, it also opens the charge port. I mean, obviously, it's supposed to open. Oh, but all of that you just pressed on it before, and then you yeah. put it. In. <laughs> uh, so why would Ford do that? Well, they actually do it as part of the package to charge other EVs with the F one fifty. So they expect. That this literally they give you like a fifty at least fifty dollar charge uh, uh, charging adapter in every car, in case you encounter a stranded Tesla vehicle without charge, you can stop next to it and give them a little bit of a charge with that. 
I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty like so. A lot of people say that oh, it was it was uh, Ford trolling Tesla with that, and it really might be or or not. Like Tesla, I know that Ford said, "Oh, we're just trying to be helpful and everything," which technically I guess, but that like no joke, like ninety nine point nine percent of those adapters are gonna go unused. Like this is this yeah, kind of a kind waste, of, kind of a waste. They yeah, put them on eBay. Yeah, because first of all, there's not that many car electric car that goes stranded without a charge. Like, it's, you know, unless you're just like you're not paying attention at all and you don't know where you're going and everything. Like most people, they have a destination, they know where they're going, they know how much battery it takes to get there and they get there. Sometimes you might be closed and everything like that, and there might be a, a, an issue and everything. Yes, but the chance that that happens, and also if 150 lightnings <laughs> happen to stop by, right. they're, pre- they're pretty damn low. <laughs> so, well. Eventually, the F-150 Lightning will be the most popular car on the American road, theoretically. I guess. I guess. I think it's more of a PR stunt so that they get a lot of publicity and it looks like it worked. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I wrote in the article. If if that was it, it worked. All right. The light year is zero. So this is... uh, just last was it last week? I think last week we were talking about the Aptera and how cool it is that you a project that goes for super efficiency and then because it has such an efficiency that doesn't take a lot of energy to uh, travels travel with it, you you can put solar on it and the solar is actually useful in recharging the car. Um, so this is the same idea behind the project, but uh, Aptera goes for the lower end. Lightyear goes for the high hand. This is a six-figure car right there. Um, but but this is the same concept. You have a highly efficient vehicle uh, that you can put solar on it, and the solar actually charges the car. So the Lightyear, we, we talked about Lightyear a lot before over the years, but uh, the, it's like the first was a crowdfunded project and uh, the uh, that came out of uh, a Dutch school, a Dutch university that participated in the solar race uh, challenge yep. in Australia. So this is really like... A production car version of that solar race car that uh, is is ultra efficient, but doesn't have all the features, safety features that are involved with with a vehicle. So now they have the production version here, which is uh, really good looking. It's uh, it's it's a good looking car for for especially. I have to be pretty good looking at the price that they're selling it, but um, I think they did a good job. Are you talking about the WLTP range of six hundred and twenty five kilometers? So it's I, th- I think it's a bit lower than they previously announced. Yep. Uh, they said that you can add 70 kilometers of charge per day. Uh, so this is similar to what uh, Aptera is uh, is talking about. Uh, the drag coefficient under 0.19. So this is very good for, again, for a full car. Aptera uh, achieves 0.13, but again, it's it's a tricycle. It's a trike vehicle. Um, this is this is a full car. Wait, um, how many seats it has? I think it's either a four or five seater. Yeah. I didn't say that. Uh, Mikey and I uh, saw a previous version at CES right before COVID. Got to drive around the parking lot uh, in it for a while. It's actually kind of roomy inside. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah, a, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's exciting. When this production starts, uh, first deliveries are expected in as early as November 2022. Pretty cool. Starting price, 250,000 euros. That's a lot. $265,000. Yeah, it is a lot. They're only planning to produce 946 of them, and then they're going to use the money to build their uh, high-volume, lower-price, $32,000 version uh, coming in late uh, 2024, early 2025. So master plan. The, yeah, that's a master plan. That's the goal. So I don't know. I mean, I'm a little bit more excited about Aptera just because I think that their chance of success is uh, are, is higher. It's a more because, unique car. Well, it's a more unique car. Uh, that's the good point for sure. Because like, you, you if you have two hundred and sixty thousand dollars to spend on a car, would you buy that car just because? If you buy it, it's just because it is super efficient and uh, you have the solar aspect to it. That's fun. Uh, but it's a lot of money to spend on a car. But also, not only that, their chances of actually reaching production and delivering a car to market. This is an actual car that needs to pass all the testing and everything uh, that comes with being a full uh, a full car. Uh, that's a l- extremely hard to do for a startup. Extremely hard to do. 
I'm not saying that they can do it, but I'm saying I'm saying it's super hard to do. Aptera is the big advantage of being, uh, I think we learned last week, it's called an auto cycle right. uh, category, uh, which has much lower requirements. Uh, obviously, it's it's not as safe, though Though they're claiming they have the whole roll cage and everything. So it's, it's definitely a lot safer than like a motorcycle or a scooter or anything like that. But... Yeah, I think because of that, Aptera has a has a better chance to delivering the the vehicle against a vehicle, not a car, uh, than than this full car right there. All right, that's pretty much it. Uh, should we jump into the comments? Yep. All right. Fifty one oh seven. All right. First is from Vincente Perez. What happened to the redesign of the rear of the Model S? It seemed imminent a few months ago, with many pictures popping up, and then it went quiet. I don't even know what you mean, unless you mean like the, the there was the tail lights. There was a minor update that actually is with us now. Yeah, yeah, that was already done. Like the 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 hub did the tail lights, and I think there was just one trim in the back. It wasn't a major update, unless was, you're referring to something else that I missed. But uh, it was pretty I, subtle. I think maybe you're just yeah. not noticing it, perhaps, yeah. Vincente. All right. Uh, MD question, have either of you guys had any experience with the Gen 1 Honda Insight? So that's that super aerodynamic uh, hybrid mm-hmm. that got like 60 miles to the gallon. Love mm-hmm. the quirky design and looking at getting one as a cheap runabout. Wait, the, the Gen 1 Honda Insight, was that a hybrid or was that? Uh, yeah, that wasn't electric, I feel like. Yeah, it's a hybrid. Yeah, and it had that like uh, covering over the rear wheels. Um, yeah, interesting, cool car. Uh, then I think they made another Insight that was fully electric or something. But uh, yeah, it seems like a cool runabout car. Uh, you know, me personally, I'd probably rather get like okay, yeah, the the, the first generation looked a lot different. Yeah, but yeah, it's also in a hybrid though. I'd rather get like a. At Fiat 500 or something, mm-hmm. uh, fully electric if it's just a runabout. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Marvin Roland USA uh, <laughs> with the ramp up on vehicle production. When will the ramp up service centers and charging stations? Question uh, mark. I think that's related to the uh, Elon mm. talking about service stations, and it's a good question because. They have I mean, they're they're always deploying more. Like uh, it, it, it looks like they, they they could crank it up a little bit more to catch up with the growth rate of the of production and the the fleet. Uh, but uh, no, we don't have any details on uh, what happens. I mean, last year they had a goal to deploy like fifty two new service center, which uh, they actually did um, a little bit more than that. So uh, they are ahead of their goals, but. I don't know. These, I think the, this idea of like oh, no service is the best service is still part of the idea, and then that could uh, that could be an issue at some point. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Tesla is quite profitable right now. I think mm-hmm. I feel like there's like the thing where they're still operating very inexpensively, like they're very tight with their money, mm-hmm. and maybe they need to loosen up a little bit so that the owners start getting the care that they deserve. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, good joke. I mean, yoke. Ah, that's a good one. Uh, James Brody, Honda E has a really good camera mirror system here in the UK. Good to know. Well, la di da. All right. Sorry, we're a little jealous. At least <laughs> yeah, we don't have it. <laughs> at least they're not uh, doing LIDAR. Okay, so we're talking about the uh, mm-hmm. Tesla doing radar. Okay, uh, then uh, AOC will take care of it. I think we're talking about uh, government corruption and EV charging. Uh, so... Not much to say about that. Yeah, it's just a joke. <laughs> all right. Adam Wilcox, when is the time to make all electric stations look more like fuel stations? Pull through, full awning, etc. That Electrify America photo seems like the picture of a Big Mac doesn't actually exist. Huh. Yeah, I think for the for the for the white uh, the White House, like uh I'm not seeing the new uh, rulemaking, there was um I was using a picture of a of an electrifier maker station, but I think that was a, a render, if I'm not mistaken. Was that? But I, I get what, you, what what Adam is saying here. Uh, I have like better anonymities uh, at the at the charging station. There there are, there are a lot of those. Uh, I think 
I, it's it's hard. Like it's, it's hard to deploy a new charging station. Like you have like to, to find the, the great location. Then you have to have the property owner of that location agree to it. Then then you have to have a deal with the electric utility and everything. It's it's, it's not easy. So sometimes they're not at the best place. Um, Tesla is doing a pretty good job at it. Like most supercharger that I use, like if so a lot of times I don't, I don't want to do anything. Like if I'm on a long road trip and I'm just need to charge, I just stay in the car for 30 minutes and then, and, and then keep moving. But if I want to stop to have something to eat, go to the bathroom and everything, most of the time there's something around. Um, but yeah, I've seen a few stations though that are, uh, they could use some kind of a more of a gas station feel to it. Yeah, another problem with Evolve uh, New York is they put them at weird places. Don't have any food. Yeah, or... yeah this is a render. This is not a real station. But this, this, the he's right though. Like this, this is cool too. Like having uh, the uh, the price, how much it costs, yep. make it clear because uh, there's already some discrepancy between different charging stations how much how much it costs. So like to have like the option, like I'm not gonna stop there because they charge this much. And why not? Like this is this is good. All right, question. Uh, is it accurate that FSD Autopilot does not detect potholes? Is there a plan addressing this critical aspect of driving? I think there's a follow-up here. Does any self-driving system detect potholes? I thought there was something with Tesla in potholes. I mean, I at one point I did ask that to Elon Musk on Twitter, and he did respond that they're working on it, but I don't have any indication that they are they achieved that yet. Um I'm going to be able to tell you if Tesla does it soon because I do have FSD on my car now. Yay! Nice. I guess I, I guess I buried the lead, but uh, I did get it this week. I uh, just tried it a little bit, nothing nothing much, but I don't remember seeing any pothole or anything like that. But uh, next week, I'm going to go all the way to Chamonix again, and I'm going to do it the whole thing on, on FSD. And uh, there's always pothole on the way there, so I'm going to be able to tell you. But as far as I know, I don't know if there's any system that actually... Uh, take bottles into accounts they should though obviously yeah and when when uh elon was asking for uh suggestions one of those times uh Mm -hmm. i suggested that tesla Mm -hmm. could map all the potholes and then because you know you could you could do it both from a camera standpoint Mm -hmm. but also from like the you know the suspension Mm -hmm. uh data you could map where people are hitting potholes all over the world and then you could kind of shame the worst places and say, Hey, look, you know, this town in California has the worst potholes. And, you know, theoretically that would get them to. Yeah. I was thinking where you're going with this, because I was thinking you were just going to be like, then you can send the data to the authorities in charge and then they're going to do yeah, right. nothing with it. <laughs> they know where the bottles are. Yeah. They drive the same roads. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. That would be kind of cool. Or, you know, like when your car is approaching what is a known pothole, you know the suspension could loosen up or something. I don't know. Some some possibilities well, there. here with the puddles we have in Quebec. It's not about like loosening it up and and taking it better. It's you have to get away, avoid, <laughs> avoid. It's avoid at all costs if you want to save your tires or your life. Really, <laughs> sometimes. All right, uh, a few more here. Question: What is the production rate in Giga Berlin? We don't know. Okay, and what do you think about it? I don't know. All right. <laughs> we know last time we heard that the, the paint shop was actually the, the big bubble next year uh, at Berlin. And uh, they were still making, I think, like uh, 200, 300, 200 to 300 vehicles a day, which is not, not ideal. They, they were behind their goal to reach 1,000, that's for sure. All right. Bike Angel Angelus says, how will AI learn to depart the lane to avoid a pothole? Well, the, the the system already does that to like if you are to avoid a collision, is it safe to depart a lane to avoid a collision? Like they already make that that decision, so it would just replace the collision by a pothole, basically. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna end it with this one. Uh, question: Thoughts on thirty three to one sp- stock split? We're about to write a story on it, so yeah, I'm about to write a story on it, but like there's not a lot of thought on it, like. They announced it when I think Tesla was closer to a thousand, which made more sense now than six hundred. But I mean, if the stock is two hundred, 
$300, like, yeah, technically it is cheaper to buy for someone if you just want to buy one in stock and everything. But I, I really, I would like to see like a clear study of the impact of, of that. Cause uh, especially, especially today with like the Robin Hood and the wealth sample and all those places that have, um, uh, fractional stock, they call it like you can buy fractional shares. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, like is how many people are really like, I want to buy a Tesla share right now, but I don't have the $700 to buy it. Like how big of an impact that is really, I don't know. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, theoretically it's, it's all tied to the, the value of the company. So mm-hmm. all right. it works though uh, for the stock price. It, it, it works like historically, like you look at Tesla, you look at um, even Apple when it, they do it, like it, it does, it does help the stock. So yeah. probably there is, but I don't know. I don't know. Like if it's just like people like buy it more because it, it like I have a lot of like financially uh, illiterate friends that always talk to me about stock. Like, oh, the stock price is low. Like now, like it, it, it's it, it's it's low. Like we, we, I should buy this. This stock is only thirty dollars. Like why I buy this thirty dollars stock instead of a six hundred dollars Tesla right, stock? Right. And those people like don't understand. Like that has nothing to do with 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 like. Um, do you know how many outstanding share there are? Like that will give you the actual market value of the company. Like yeah, market value. Like so. If it works really with those people, like this is this is not really the the investors you're going after, in my opinion. But right. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. Uh, thanks a lot for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, please give us a thumbs up if you like it. Please give us a five star review if you like it on your podcast app. And we're gonna see you same place, same time next week. Have a good one.